The Superpowers of the Soul Channel is brought to you by Superpower Experts. Visit superpowerexperts.com to unlock your superpowers today. You're listening to Spiritual Ecstasy with Dr. Gabriel Cousins. Welcome, everybody. This is Dr. Gabriel Cousins, host of Spiritual Ecstasy. You wonder what that is. When you go into the nothing and you merge with God, it, it is truly an ecstatic experience. And that is one heck of a lot of fun. And each week, I offer interviews and spiritual monologues to really to inspire, heal, and uplift your soul. And you can listen to many more spiritual episodes on uh, superpowerexperts.com, which is part of my program. And or you can also join our spiritual community at treeoflife.mn.co. So today I am very pleased to introduce Anne Kate Sullivan, who actually is my publisher, and she does Infinite Light Publishing, which is a really special, special uh, publishing company uh, because it's about freedom of speech. It's about publishing light. And the name of our show is Creating the Light, which is just perfect. And it's about expressing your voice. People talk about finding your voice, but we're talking about expressing your voice. That takes more spiritual courage. And Ayn does that. She, she actually... Um, she's a PhD. She was awarded the IAOTP, Independent Association of Top Professionals, as the top female author of the year in the year 2020. That's quite a, uh, an acknowledgement. And she is an international award-winning author, uh, best-selling author, a speaker, seminar leader, and she's here today to share her spiritual wisdom, and her especially is through legends and folklore, using mythological stories. These are mostly Celtic stories um, to create a, a connection to the truth of who we are to our soul expression. And so I am very, very happy to uh, have Ayn here. She also does a program through uh, the uh, spiritual experts called Host of Wisdom of the Ages. So Ayn, thank you for being here. Thank you, you are for wonderful. Me, Gabriel. <laughs> oh yeah, it is totally my joy. And before we talk too much, I'm going to do a prayer that fits into 
really what we're talking about, which is the, the merging of the sacred masculine and feminine. And you've done both those quests, in a sense, uh, the heroine journey, okay, and the feminine quest for the, in a sense, the fairy grail, which I never really heard of before, but it makes total sense because the, the, the knights are always after the, the, the grail, the holy grail, okay. Um, so my prayer is about merging the heart and mind, heavens and earth. Amen. Now feel that merging, we call the chokmah halev, the merging of the heart and mind to bring the wisdom of the heart. And it's particularly appropriate as we really understand what Ayn has to share with us. So, I'm going to, the first question is, what inspired you to get going as Infinite Light Publisher? Well, it just seemed quite important to start creating some light, right? <laughs> okay, that sounds good enough. <laughs> you know, it seems to me that if we're going to be here on planet Earth, why not connect to the heavenly realms and why not connect to the Earth and live here fully? And um, so I got fascinated years ago by the Grail Quest and went on many, many Grail Quests. And when I decided to start writing stories about it, people told me that they weren't interested in publishing spiritual stories. And the more I thought about that, the more I thought that it didn't really fit, didn't seem accurate. So I thought I would give it a go, try, uh, try Infinite Light Publishing and see how it would fly. And it's been very, very popular. So truth is, people love spiritual stories. People love creating the light. And, and it's so great that you are accommodating everybody by creating the light and publishing those things. So that's really uh, nice. I mean, really, really special. Um, what happens? What, what do you feel when you're doing this, when you're, you're, you're creating that energy? Well, what I what I feel when I'm when I'm on the quest on the heroine's journey, I mean, what's what's so beautiful? I, I believe. I mean, I when I when I started the quest, um, and I know we'll get more into it after the ad break, so I'll just sort of answer quickly. But um, what I I wasn't feeling when I first started this. I really wasn't feeling my wholeness. I was an academic, <laughs> so the mind would, had been well. Uh, polished, but I was, I felt like I was missing my heart and my body. And so that was when I decided to go on the, the quest for the, for the grail, which to me was the quest for the feminine. And, um, and then it, it turns out that it has many, many, many answers, but uh, I'll tell you more soon. <laughs> yeah. We're about to take a break, but not quite there. So I'm going to ask you one more question. Um, what makes you excited and joyful about life. I mean, the main show here is spiritual ecstasy. So what really turned you on in this deeper way that we're talking about? One of the things that I really, really love is doing cosmic inquiry with my husband. It's very ecstatic. 
<laughs> so I really love it. Uh, I love him. And, and somehow when we're in our inquiry together, the, our connection with the divine, with God is even deeper. <clears throat> and so that's spiritual ecstasy for me. Okay. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about that, what, what you and he do? Yeah, so uh, every morning when we get up, we have our, our little practice. So we get up. I, I like to go outside and put my feet on the soil so I feel really connected to Mother Earth. And I like to sing with the birds, which <laughs> I won't do publicly, but <laughs> the birds don't seem to mind. <laughs> but I like to feel, I like to feel as though I'm in, in harmony. And then when we have our green juice, we have a little, about a half an hour inquiry where we give each other 15 minutes to just go into what's happening. And it might be something really cosmic, like, gosh, I'm experiencing myself as a, as a, as a crystalline essence, you know, or it might just be like, oh, I really have a lot of work to do today. And it, so it can be anything that comes up. But what we do is we really listen to each other. And then, and then we're supported. And at that point, we can go throughout our day feeling embodied and grounded, connected with spirit, connected with earth. And I feel like we can create light from that place. Beautiful. I love it. So we're going to take a little break. And when we get back from the break, we're going to continue discussing about the whole creating the light and the importance of freedom of speech as part of that. As we find our own voice and express it. Stay tuned, we'll be right back. Hello, I'm Tonya Don Reckla, Executive Director of Superpower Experts and creator of the Superpower Network. Welcome and thank you for making us your go-to place for inspired content, training, and community. The network is so much more than a place for amazing content. It's step one on the path to unlock your superpowers. Listen to one episode daily on the Superpower Network and attune yourself to inspired conversations, higher vibrational living, and much, much more. In step two, you learn with us by watching one of our inspirational videos each week from the IM series. And when you're ready, come grow in community. Our Superpower programs offer a unique experience for those ready to harness their superpowers to change themselves, their lives, and ultimately, the world. Go to superpowerexperts.com and take the next step on your path today. Okay, welcome back. Perfect. Now, this is Gabriel Cousins, Dr. Gabriel Cousins, host of Spiritual Ecstasy. And today we're talking with I'm Kate Sullivan. And again, welcome back to Spiritual Ecstasy. It is who we are if we choose to go there. So we talked about why you started the publishing company. Can you talk a little bit more about it, what it means for you? And Yes, I'll, I'll get the galloping horses out now and, and, and go with this. I, um, <clears throat> when I was growing up, my, my father was a writer, a novelist, philosopher, poet, and I, I fell in love with literature. That was the thing that just really turned me on. And uh, he was a very clever guy. His name was William Wesley Cates. And he actually started the school we went to. So we had the free school. And 
I was so excited when I went off to, to college because I got a, uh, I went to Holland's college and then I got a fellowship to Columbia university and I was like, Oh, I'm going to be with the greatest writers in the world. And I'm going to, I'm going to learn all kinds of things about mysticism. I really wanted to learn about mysticism. And what happened when I went to Columbia, as you might know, I learned a lot about editing. <laughs> um, and I did get to hang out with some really great writers but when I left, I was really feeling sad. It was, I, I was having trouble writing. I felt disconnected. I got an overseas research award to King's College London. So of course I went, I was very excited about it. But I, I, at that point, I, was really, I really was starting to feel cut off. And I, it, I was really lucky. I was given this, my mentor, who was Lanny Ormond, and she wrote the, the forge to my book, Legends of the Grail, Story, Stories of Celtic Goddesses, suggested that I go to Ireland and walk up and down the Western coast and find out something about mm -hmm. Celtic mythology. And I had an experience there. And it, it was it, um, actually, I was by a lake, a turlaw in, in Galway, where W.B. Yeats had written his poetry. And, and I was sitting there and, and here we are at the edge of the Western world and the, 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 the Atlantic Ocean's coming up to the, sh the shore and the trees are, are rubbing against each other, making sounds. So I'm listening to this and I, I thought, well, of course he would, he would write his poetry here because it seems like they're fairies, right? And, and I started to enter into this reverie where I realized that there is this other world. There is another world. And, and I was being invited into the lake of this other world where the ladies of the lake reside. And I, it was like a moment, it was just like this moment in time, but it, it had me. I, I guess I was in my 20s at the time. And I became so fascinated by these ancient sites and, and our, our, our history and the elements and how they speak and how I'm part of that world, how I'm part of that. So, um, and of course, as Gabriel says, you know, in order to, to, um, to show up as a full human, we, we need the masculine, you know, and I had done, done my, my mental side of that, but I needed to find the fairy grail. I needed to find my heart, my body, and be able to fully embody with presence. So... <laughs> I, I mean, it's it's really touching because it's so what is needed in today's world. Yes, the merging of the sacred male and female, and that's really what you're talking about. And and when when you and your husband John, who's wonderful, I really enjoy him. When you're connecting in the morning, that's a very special way to start your day. Yes. My wife and I, Shanti, we meditate together in the morning and we do some sharing. Um, and it's it, it kind of connects you and brings a sort of balance. And I think that's what you're talking about, you know? Yes. And you know what's really fun about another thing that's fun about John Patrick Sullivan, who, who was a, he's a former NFL middle linebacker. So he's a king. You know, he for, the shows up, he's, Jets, for the New York Jets, right? I, he played with the Jets and the Bears. So this is a, a very spiritual man. He also lived in India and had a spiritual awakening. And so he's, he's a king, which, which invited me to really 
it gave me space to figure out what the, or to step into what being feminine is. And before I think I, I was clever and, and, and I think I frightened a lot of the men that were around me. <laughs> and, and what, and he, he I, there's no way to frighten John Patrick. I don't, doesn't really matter what subject we get on or what we get up to. But it's, um, <laughs> Oh, I know that's why I'm a football player too. That's what I feel the same way. It's like, okay, I'm ready for anything. Exactly. And that's so fun, right? That's what I love about you too, Gabriel. It's just like you're, you're show you're showing up and you're on the team and you're ready to go and, and let's play, you know? So that's how we create the light. I, you know. Yes. And in, in the play, and there is some, I'm going to say, uh, deeper teaching, spiritual teachings that at this era, at this time, yes. the sacred feminine, sacred masculine becoming more and more one and more and more balanced in the expression of the world. It's I think this is so important. Yesterday we did, we did um, a, a Welsh ceremony um, called Alban Ehler or, or the, the spring equinox. And it's all about the balance of the masculine and feminine. Yeah, so it was just good to stand on the earth and see that the, the you know, the moon, there was a, the moon was showing and it was half light and half dark. And um, there were men and women in the ceremony. And, and just, it's, it's our, our relationship with our masculine and feminine within ourselves. You know, as you said, with the, with the quest where you go out and to achieve and to, but there's another quest too, which is, I call it fairy quest, where you go inside and you become more receptive. And you're developing your clairvoyance, your clairsentience, your clair you're, you're listening to your emotions and, and the messages that they give you. You're listening to your body. I know, Gabriel, when I um, have done fasts with you, I one thing I really notice about it is that my mind goes so quiet that my body becomes much more of an instrument, a spiritual instrument. And it's something that I really love about being part of your community. Mm -hmm. Uh, when we do spiritual fasting, we go into a whole other alchemy where we finally get back into our holy rhythm, which I believe that's what you're talking about. Yes. And so many people have lost that holy rhythm and it's really the soul's expression in that way. And so that's something that uh, I'm glad you're bringing up because that's, kind of the key to all the work we're doing. We bring the light into the world and that light is through our soul expression. And you know, as you, as you, as I found out when I was with you, there's so many things that can get in the way when we go on, we go on the journey. I went on the journey because I was feeling disconnected, but I didn't know at the time that my diet was part of it, you know, that, so even just that, even just beginning to listen to your body and what your body really, really needs to work at an optimal level, what kind of movement it needs and what your emotions are actually telling you. I, I, I had been taught to shut my emotions down, not to pay attention to it, to numb out. And that was a big part of the problem. We can't do that. You know, we need to express, we need our soul expression, which is why I feel art is so important in the schools. Another reason I have the publishing company, I really want to support the arts. I want people to support what their soul needs to say, because that's part of the healing. We can bring, sometimes writing is about bringing the fragmented parts in that need to express, which is part, actually part of doing the, the grail quest was finding 
uh, old, uh, old stories of women who are actually very powerful, that stories that almost been forgotten because they were demonized. Um, and this is a wonderful time to bring, to bring them back and to, and to realize that whether you're male or female, what's really important is that you fully show up, you know, you fully show up and you, and you answer your calling. Yeah. Answering the calling is one of the most important things. You know, in yoga, we talk about dharma. And, of course, the, the big dharma is to merge with God. Yes. The key dharma is being willing to be what we're supposed to meant to be here. And through that, generate the light. Absolutely. That's the one of the reasons I felt the storytelling was so important, I, I mean, I went all over the world. I, I did Celtic, but went all over the world looking for, for actually connection to God and in many different traditions. And what I found, the reason I like the storytelling, parables and fairy tales and so forth, is that I, I found that if you have a strong mystical experience, you come back and you try to tell someone about it, and it, and it can sound off. It's like, oh, I, how do you talk about it? But if you tell a story about a girl or a little boy, a little boy that gets on a swan and flies through the universe and finds his song within the stars and brings it back, people can follow that. People can follow fairy tales, parables, and stories. And somehow it can ignite or inspire their own quest to their wholeness. That's beautiful. There's something else you mentioned when you went to college, you, you were trying to study some mysticism, mm -hmm. you know, and the reason I'm, it's interesting because I actually created a course for myself in spiritual mysticism as an elective that I was allowed to do. You allowed a certain amount of electives. So I see that the seeds are there. The seeds were there for you. I, I understand that for myself, but I'm saying the seeds were there for you in that way is that even in college, okay, the spiritual quest begins. I mean, it probably, well, let me ask the question. When do you think it really began for you? Well, it's funny that you said that because when I was, I, I was really pretty young uh, we, at community school where, where, where I went. Um, there wasn't there wasn't uh, a spiritual course or any any religious studies course, so I I created my own religious studies program. <laughs> okay, there we go. <laughs> so I would say I I must have come in with the Enlightenment drive on, and I told my father when I was eight that I was here on Earth to be a mystic poet, and he said, "Well, how are you going to make money doing that?" <laughs> you know, <laughs> I said. You said eight. I was eight. I just tell you that at eight, I began having mystical visions and seeing people in white. And I had no clue what was going on, like you're kind of implying with your father. Well, are you going to make money? This isn't about my vision about making money. It's about being your expression of who you are. And in that way, being an expression of the light. That's yes. all superpower experts of the, of the soul this is what we're talking about. But at eight, we both began to, to feel that awakening power. That is very interesting. It's like a parallel for us. Yes, that's beautiful. That is beautiful. That, yes, that need. 
And but looking around the culture, it, for me, it was it was hard. It was hard to find. And the place that I did find it, I found it in stories. So that's why I went that direction. Is I I would find you know I think I found Robert Bly's News of the Universe that was one point about oh here's the mysticism you know look you know they're finding these things and um, so of course I wanted to go and meet all these people and then uh, it, it it kept me going I mean and I think the the divine has had a little say in this too because I mean how wonderful to be able to get. Yeah, every time I really felt like I needed to go this direction, there'd be a fellowship that opened up or a path would open up and there it would be. So, so. Uh, I, I have I, no question that the divine yeah. is running the show here. And you, running the show? Wise, and you were wise enough to follow it. Mm -hmm. The door is open. Now, for a lot of people, the door is open. They're not quite willing to walk through. Mm. What's unique about you is you were and are willing to walk through. Well, it's exciting. You, you, you go on the quest. Like I, I would go on these quests and, and I wouldn't know where I was going or who I was going to meet or what was going to happen, but, but I felt something inside. It was almost like a golden thread was rolling out and all I had to do was follow it. And it would take me to, exactly to who I needed to meet, exactly to the stone circle I needed to go to or the next book or whatever happened. And, and I think life really can be lived that way. I mean, suddenly it changes. You're instead of this ego that the, was created at the university, there something else is, is now operating. I, I think of it as my true nature operating and it's, it's responding to the call of the divine. It's, it's rolling out. And then it's fun. It's so fun. It's ecstatic, Gabriel. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're speaking to the choir. Go ahead. <laughs> but it is. And it you sensed your destiny even at eight years old that there was a bigger picture. And I also got you sensed it and maybe didn't get that much support in your environment. Intellect, you got support, but I'm talking about the mystical thing. Mm -hmm. How are you going to earn a living? Well, that's God's problem. Well, I'm just showing up. You know? <laughs> that's a good answer. That to your dad, what, what, what would have happened? <laughs> well, you know, at the time I said, I don't know, but I'll be supported, which is, has, is true. I've always been supported. Right. That's one of the roles of parents is you want to support, you know, as parents, grandparents, you want to support the vision of the kids. The vision. I think yeah. this is very important too. Another reason I write a lot of children's stories. I, I wrote all, actually all the stories I have, I, I think all of them. I wrote originally the first draft anyway, I wrote for my children. And, and I did it for a reason, especially the Sparkle series is because I, I looked at all these children's books and I was like, there's no messages in them. I did, I'm not finding any spiritual and what and sparkle with sparkle she will not let her inner light go out she has a light that lives inside of her and she will not let that go out and so each one is a kind of adventure to understand more about her inner light so that that's fun in the uh, children's division interesting because that's what that's what keeps us from being slaves ah I guess Right. Uh, when you when you look at the uh, the Jews and the Egyptians, 
it was the people who could keep the inner light going. One of the key players was Sirach, the daughter of Asher, who awakened um, Yaakov. She was playing music and got him to wake up to Yosef was alive. But she had that and said she lived over a few hundred years. And actually, in the Torah tradition, she was taken up alive. Wow. She was, and she was one of the few people that made it through the 40 years in the desert. So she was a great inspiration. She is the one that acknowledged Moses. I love finding these, these powerful women. And yeah, <laughs> she was big time, you know. <laughs> and, uh, again, it said she was one of the few taken up alive. We heard a Hanak being taken up alive. Yes, yes, of course, like Ezekiel. She was taken up alive. Yes, amazing. So that whole journey and that calling is something we have to follow. And that's, to me, one of the most important parts of your message is when the door opens, go through it. We have to follow that. And your willingness to follow it is really an inspiration. And I think uh, that's the point I'm, I'm, I'm honoring you for saying, wow, your willingness to follow your inner light expressing. Is, thank you, Gabriel. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's such a great play. And and I think the another fun part of it with Infinite Light Publishing now is that, first of all, finding out that people do want spiritual stories. We started out with children's books. People do, they, actually, the story of Becoming was the first one. I think it had 250,000 downloads, and it won 18 literary awards. It did really, really well. So it was like, oh, well, actually, people do want spiritual stories. And then the Sparkle series followed. Then I then I started with the, the, the uh, Legends of the Grail series, which uh, I think we have three bestsellers now. So this is good. But what, but what's really wonderful about it is once it got established, then the mystics I've been looking for started showing up like you <laughs> into the nothing. And so your books came on board and, and Marcella Benson and Eva Knatz and some just wonderful mystics. And so I, what I, what I love now about infinite light publishing is I feel that people can go to the site, they can look at the books and they know they're going to get nourishment there. And they're going to, their little inner spark is going to get a little, little, little polishing, you know, <laughs> a little, a little. Yeah, because people today need inspiration. Mm. You know, they yeah. need to start feeling alive. And we have a system that's kind of keep separate, keep away, stay in fear. Uh, you know, don't follow your soul. Don't be, as we talked about, the creative expression of light. And your work helps people get back in touch with their souls. Who we are as, as human beings. We were meant to be as human beings, right? We're meant to be that expression of heaven and earth, meeting, expressing. Yeah. So that's why, to me, why your work is so important is that you are creating a light. And, you know, not just in your relationship, but in your, your artwork, your poetry, your artwork is it's a way of creating life. What does it feel like when you're really feeling inspired? What is that like for you? you well, I'll, I'll, there are two Welsh words that I'd love to bring in. Uh, one is awen, which is the, the Welsh word for inspiration. 
And so A-W-E-N, Awen. And it's something I like to sing to the birds in the morning, Awen, because it's just, so when the Awen comes, you, I start to feel it as a flow. Say, like, oh, I'm connected to the, to the web. You know, I start to feel I'm connected to the web of life. So the Awen, the inspiration, that spark, the sparkle seems to activate that. And the other word that I really love that you might like is called the glyphosa. And the glyphosa is this, is the little, it's the spark that's in the forehead. It's the, it's the, the direct knowing that begins to open up the sun in the forehead that begins to open up to the divine. Spill that word. I'm taking notes. Okay. <laughs> I believe glyphosa is G L E F I O S A. The and there's something I found when I was digging through the libraries and uh, going on my quest, when I would find these words, it, it did inspire some things because I would go, oh my goodness, Taliesin in the fifth century understood these things. These, these have been here. And then when we go back to Ireland and to the, the, uh, the places where the Kaliak and some of these older stories are, you realize, well, these, are, these stories have been around at least 10,000 years in this place. And if you look around the planet in India and Tibet, they're everywhere. These stories are everywhere for people uh, who, are, who are seeking this, this expression. And they want to create with the light or they want to create the light. So, Do you, do you think um, that there's something unique about the Welsh, you know, kind of stories? Or is, there, is there anything uniqueness in that? Well, I think that the reason that, that it lit me up, you know, I, I had some very powerful mystical experiences, but it left me feeling a little ungrounded. And so what I did was I, I started looking for my, my lineage and I'm 99% Western European. And we actually still have in our family, the farm that was given as a land grant in 1668, I believe hmm. <laughs> we're still putting all these pieces together, but it looks like that was the case. And, um, and we had come from a place uh, on my mother's side in uh, Bamber Castle in, in Northern England. And my father's side was Welsh. So I was interested in both of these places. So I really went looking for my roots because I felt that the love of my ancestors, um, I felt love coming from them as though they wanted me to connect to something that had been lost. And, in truth, the, the, the more indigenous teachings, the mystical teachings in most of the British Isles had been wiped out. Uh, but when you, go, when you go back and look, there were, there were some people. Wiped people out. Well, they, yeah, they were, um, all the Druids were, were murdered in, on Mona. And I think it was seven, around 77 AD. So there was a yeah, movement to wipe out the spiritual traditions of, of those aisles. Right. You said 77 or? I think it was, it was between 57 and 77 AD when, the, um, when Julius, Caesar, Jul Julius Caesar came first. And then there was another round uh, when, when they actually decided that the, in order to control a people, you had to take out their spiritual leaders. So they, right. there was an they did actually wipe out the spiritual traditions of that place, but they didn't wipe them out totally. And what was interesting is when, when they, even though the Druids might've been killed off, 
the uh, the monks wrote the stories down. And so when you when you go back and you read like the Mabigian or you read the Labragabala, you read some of these old texts, you can start to dream with the stories. And the, all those mystical teachings are still there waiting for you to just open, open the book or open the lid and you start to feel it. So you can dream these connections back together again. So some places like Tibet um, still have their, in India, they still have their teachings intact. In the Celtic world, they've had to be, They've had to be dreamed back. They've they've had to have a weaving to put them back together again. And that's just been part of my calling is to help with that weaving. Those are my roots. And it's true my roots were broken, you know? Well, I think that's really interesting. The truth is I didn't know, but I do know, okay? And I think that's a very important part of your work is you you really are uh, part of bringing back that deeper mystical uh, culture, the, the Holy Grail, but, you know, the fairy grail, and, and bringing them together in a way that can elevate the people. Mm-hmm. And it's true, every, every tradition has a universal aspect. So what you're sharing has a universal aspect into our world mm-hmm. versus yeah. just being the aisles, you know. Mm-hmm. Do you agree with that? I do, I do. And and when you find some of the old texts, there there was actually uh, a very famous uh, poet named Taliesin, who is one place I return to again and again. And if you go into some of the French literature too, you find that there really was, or they the people at one point understood there was a fairy grail, a fairy accord, which means that the humans at that point, the people who are living at that point, knew that we needed a connection with the with the wind and the water and the the earth and you know, we needed the fire. We needed our elemental connections. We needed to understand that they were animated, alive. They were powers. They were forces that could that we could work with. And I mean, that was this is where the dragon sort of stories come too. If you see Quan Yin, like the Chinese understand that you see Quan Yin, she rides her dragon because she's in she lives in accordance with her with her elemental beings. And some and there was an effort, and this is I think this was the 800 years of burning times for women, for witches, for you know when when people when women were demonized for their connection with their body and nature. And in that, we lost something that's really important. If you look at the world around us now, we lost our connection with this earth as a sentient being and with our bodies and with our hearts. And so probably one of the most important things we can do right now is put our feet back on the soil and claim our bodies and claim our minds as sovereign. You know, there's a lot that I didn't know about. So you talk about going out barefoot. Yes. I do that every morning. <laughs> and I do my prayers outside, taking in the sunlight with my bare, on my bare feet, you know, taking in the energies of the earth and the, and the heavens simultaneously. So That's when you beautiful. say you're outdoors barefoot, oh my goodness. Oh, I'll give you another word you might like. So in, in, the, in the Welsh tradition, the chi, the life force that you that you build when you're out there standing with your feet on the earth and you're connected to the stars, it's called the nephre. And I'm not sure I can spell that one, but <laughs> it's called the nephre. Okay. <laughs> 
And, and but it's but you actually go and you make a little circle of light and then you stand in it and then you pull the energy up from the earth and you right. take it up from the heavens and then you bring it back down and that's creating your nephri. So it's it's basically sort of Welsh Tai Chi for well, Qigong. <laughs> I haven't studied Tai Chi, but this is what I do in the morning. Mm. I bring the energy up to what we call the lytic gland, which is the sacred feminine. And you take the cap off that. So the sacred feminine rises up and activates the sacred masculine and then comes down and activates all the energy centers. That's beautiful. So I, I think it's so human. It's so natural. It's the way that we're meant to live. We were, we were meant to honor the mother and the father yeah, within us externally and, and internally. Yeah. So, right? Yeah, absolutely. So you feel emerging. That's kind of what I'm expressing, but it's the sacred feminine, sacred masculine merging literally with our feet on the earth. The merging of the heavens and the earth, merging of the masculine and the feminine. And what does that create? Spiritual ecstasy. Right. (laughs) That's really, really great. I love it. Um, (laughs) I think it's kind of fun but it's really what's happening. Yes. And in some way, obviously, I'm, wasn't, uh, I'm not Irish and I'm not as familiar with the Welsh traditions, but it comes through. It comes through in the Native American tradition as a sun dancer. It comes through in my yoga tradition and also the Kabbalistic tradition where you know, I, can, I, I do that merging activating all the centers. So we become the living tree of life. Yes. That's what you're describing. Absolutely. Absolutely. It is a living tree of life. Yeah. It is absolute living tree of life. And one of the things that, that I studied too, which is fun. I'd like to do a book on it sometime. I haven't done it yet, but it's called the OM. It's called the OM. It's pronounced OM, but it's O-G-H-A-M. And the indigenous people uh, of that area, uh, spoke the language of the trees and they called it the om and so they knew that that when they connected to the wisdom of a of a tree they activated their own their own tree of life nice yes wow (laughs) this is this is a lot of fun it is fun and if you look at the celtic tree if you think of the the symbol for a minute it's it's um it's a tree that goes up. So the branches go up and they, it touches the stars, touches the, the, and the moon and, and the sun. And then it reaches down and it touches the earth. And then the, the roots reach up and touch and touch the heavens. And so the, the, the spark in the middle, the heart of the tree is, is where we're meant to live. It might be the belly. Maybe there are a few centers there, but... <laughs> well, I mean, it's there, but in the more Kabbalistic tradition, there's two trees. It's an upside down tree mm-hmm. with the roots going into the heavens. See, yeah. you just said that, right? Yes. The roots are going to the heavens and then the tree is going downward. And then we have the roots from our feet into the earth going upward and there's emerging there. Yes. And that's just, I believe that's what you're saying. Well, yes, when I did your course, we, uh, you taught us the Ophanium, where we brought the lightning through the, the uh, Kabbalistic Tree of Life. And I, yes, it's very, very similar. I, I absolutely loved it. And I felt the 
tree, my inner tree of life come alive in, with that practice. Nice. It's so, so isn't it lovely, Gabriel, how, how you know, maybe I'm ver- well-versed in, in one particular, I'm an academic, so I'm well-versed in one particular area. You're very brilliant and you're, I mean, you have so many areas that you, but we, but we can all share our similarities from all different walks of life. It can be from anywhere. You're in Israel and I'm here. I am in the uh, actually more native Americans lands in the uh, Shenandoah Valley, (laughs) which means the daughter of this, our our daughter of the stars. So. Interesting. Whoa. Is there anything you'd like to share with us as a practice that, you know, we've obviously just shared a few practices, but there's anything you like to share, uh, any parting wisdom? Well, you know what I what I have? Uh, I could share some practices. We've been speaking so much of, of merging the heavens and earth. So what I could, but you know what I brought, which I thought might be fun, is, is a poem that I just wrote. Would Perfect. Good to share this poem. Let me Absolutely. put it over here. It came to me that this is hot off the press. It just it just came, but it was after I, I did a, a practice, a nephri practice feeling the life force of the earth. And, um, and I was thinking about creating light in the world through art, music, poetry, and dance. And, and um, so anyway, it's called Becoming the Mountain. And it goes like this. I dreamt that I had become the mountain. Perhaps it was the storm, the rain beating on the roof that drove my psyche deep into the soil. But suddenly I was vast, wide and steady. The trees were my lungs, the birds chirping, the songs that dance in my heart. Upon waking, I realized in many ways, the mountain and I are one. It is simply that in the morning, I take on this body and walk, but at night, I am the unknowable mystery. Nice. <laughs> Beautiful. Thank you. Is, is there any kind of closing message? I mean, that's a beautiful closing message. And maybe we'll just stop there. But along with that message, is there any simple practice you would share based on everything we've been talking about? You know, mm-hmm. What's your- I feel I feel right now it's so important that those that are called, you know, not everyone's called, but those who who are called, that you really, really claim your body as your own, that you claim your emotions as your own, that you listen to them, you listen to your anger because your anger has has strength in it. You know, what's the strength that's coming forward? What? You know, listen to your joy. Listen, listen to the many, many aspects of your persona. I think the persona is important. We don't want to get rid of it. And listen to the messages of the heart and listen to the messages of the divine. And don't be frightened of expressing whatever is coming through. It's really, I feel right now, that it's more important than ever to remember that spark, that light of who you are, and to know that this part, this sparkle, your little sparkle is uniquely you. It can't be, and nobody else can play that role, only you. And the world without that is, is bereft. It would miss you. 
And so there's a calling right now, I believe, for everyone to show up, to put I your totally feet. I totally agree. I totally agree. That's beautiful. Keep going. Keep going. Don't put leave. your feet on the soil. Feel that, Nefri. Feel the life force. Don't be afraid of your body. Don't be afraid of the earth. Don't be afraid of the feelings that come up. And feel your connection to the divine. You don't need anybody to make that connection for you. All you need to do is connect to your own heart. And there it is. We're in presence. We're already there. We are whole. We are the divine operating personally and collectively. And when we dare to express, when we dare to even try to figure out how to share what it is that's coming through us, we become a gift to this world. So that's my message. Be dare to be unique, dare to be mystical, and dare to just say what's coming through. <laughs> Beautiful. Beautiful. Um, if people want to find out more about you, which website I said that we have ionkatesullivan.com or Yes, that's my personal. It's A Y N, and you can say Ian, Ain, or uh, or Ann. <laughs> I answer to all of them, but it's A Y N C A T E S Sullivan, and you can find all my personal the teachings and books and events, and they're all there. And if you want to have your little sparkle nourished by all of our Infinite Light authors, you can go to infinitelightpublishing.com. Okay. And of course, there's Wisdom of the Ages, also the podcast we're on, on the Super Power Up channel. So lots of ways to engage. Perfect. It's really a joy to interview you and have you share your Wisdom of the Ages. Thank um, you. It's really fun. I've really enjoyed it. I've even taken notes. I love it. And uh, I want to thank you. I actually want to thank all the listeners who, who have joined us and bless everyone who's listening uh, that you open your hearts and your minds to this wisdom of these ages and the superpower experts of the soul, which is what this program is. And you can also find me at treeoflife.mn.co or drcousins.com. Two different places to join our community and our energetics of which I'm as part of. Absolutely. And the key at this point in history for all of us is to support each other because it's that collective energy that is going to bring the breakthrough that is needed for elevating humanity and move us, moving us above the darkness that's attempting, and it will fail, to swallow us up. So please stay with community, stay grounded, get your feet on the ground, your heart's going to the heavens, and know your oneness in every moment. Be that creative light expression that we're talking about, that I was just sharing and that we're both sharing. So we'll see you next time at Superpowers of the Soul. And again, may everyone be blessed. And I may you be blessed that your work continues to expand and inspire many people. Perfect headlight. <laughs> Take care. Blessings. 
and love to you and to everyone. Peace be with you. Thank you for listening to the Superpower Network. Go now to superpowerexperts.com to unlock your superpowers and change your life today.